0: While it's true that many companies don't allow you to talk about Christ in the workplace, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from being like Christ in the workplace. This is Preach Where You Reach. Welcome to the Preachery Reach podcast. I'm Scott Warren, and today my guest is Ellis Ishii, Vice President of Sales and Customer Service at Black Tie Moving, based in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Thank you so much, Ellis, for coming on. I'm, I'm grateful for your time. I know you're busy. How, how are things in your world?
1: <laughs> they, they are busy. Uh, I have a yeah. lot professionally going on, have a lot in my personal life. It's unlike Anything I've seen before is just uh, a, a good time, but but a very busy
0: time. Wow, And you're in the Nashville area, which which I love very very much. I um, in my previous career, I spent 29 years in sports and entertainment, running arenas and performing arts centers. And every single year, uh, I would go to New York, L.A., and Nashville. And uh, and Nashville has changed dramatically over the years at one point it was sort of bustling there was a nascar cafe and a whole bunch of stuff down on on the main strip there and and then one time i came back and it was windows were boarded up and it was just kind of strange and now now it's this huge like food scene and it's amazing now do, do you do you get out and enjoy it i do uh,
1: my wife and i uh, try to get out and listen to as much music as we can uh, we enjoy the new restaurants to your point and there's a lot of great Uh, Outside influence is coming into Nashville. So it's not your stereotypical country music city anymore. It's super eclectic
0: Yeah, really really cool uh, space. I love getting down there. I haven't been there for a little while So I'm gonna have to get back there For our conversation here on Preach Where You Reach. We really talk about how we incorporate our faith in our workplace but in order to really lay the foundation for that sort of conversation I like to start with your testimony and how you came to Christ in the first place—it's uh, so unique to everyone's experience—and and so I'm curious to sort of see how that went for you.
1: Yeah, it, it was not a great awakening moment, I, I guess you could say. But you know, when, when I think back of when I really began to to come close to Christ and and feel like He was in my life on a day-to-day basis, it was really the birth of my first son. Okay. And I was a young man, 21 years old, and. I remember I did not have my life in order, uh, did a lot of things that were selfish for myself. And I was holding him in a hospital room in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I looked at him and, and not, not to be dramatic, but I said, well, gosh, you know, I, I know the love I feel for him. You know, God has to have an omnipotent or an omni-loving feelings toward, towards me. And right. uh, if I'm going to be the dad that he expects me to be. Uh, I've got to find out more about that, and and I really began to attend church and and grow from that moment
0: on. Now, did you attend church in your youth, or or was that not part of the family routine?
1: No, I did. I, I attended church every Sunday. My mother was very um, very connected to our church. Uh, it was not a typical Christian faith, and, and in fact, I served a mission for that uh, that church as a young man. So yeah, we we were every Sunday, every Wednesday at church uh, without fail.
0: But you didn't really feel connected to it in in a way until you had your son? I felt
1: connected to what I knew. Uh, I felt connected to the teachings that they had, uh, but I never felt that it was for me. I never felt that the the truthfulness of the gospel um, uh, in that church. But yes, I was very connected to the people Still to this day, have great friends in that faith, um, but never really became a Christian until that moment where I was holding Trey, my son, and and knew that I needed to find out more about the, the Christian family.
0: And how did that come to be when you you felt that holding your son? And I I, I know that from having uh, four children of my own that that feeling that love is is undescribable. Um, it's really hard to put into words, but what did that feel like for you in terms of translating that love to a desire to want to get deeper in your faith? Was there something that that besides, you know, I, I love this child so much, you know, how did you go from that to I'm going to start diving into my faith?
1: So I, I awkwardly uh, got myself out of bed instead of going to the gym or but wherever I would normally go on a Sunday, I I, I nervously um, just showed up and and I sat in the back as as they always say and yes I was very reluctant and you know, I nitpicked everything the preacher said that day to try to find something wrong and right. um you know and, and it was during this, the music and and just going week after week and sticking with the process that I began to to have that feeling in uh, and, and the heart and and really began to know that it was true uh, and um, yeah it, it just was a it was a process it was not an overnight uh, type of thing
0: for me sure was it a modern church contemporary church or, what, or was it a catholic church or what what did you end up going to
1: sure so i, I went to a southern baptist okay a uh, church pretty large in the area at the
0: time okay and it, yeah and you went you felt something was there was there a uh, someone at that church specifically that that you quarter, sort of connected with and and that became a mentor to you in any way or or was it just you know going solo and figuring it out on your own
1: well at first it was solo and going on my own and and staying after church to participate in the activities which to this day i think is so critical yeah. um and that's where i met friends and you know there were friends that uh, there were also baseball coaches like myself in the community at the time and um people that I respected but did not know where they attended and uh, it was through those friendships that we began to participate in small groups uh and uh you know, r- really bond spiritually as men together uh to to you know to understand that it was okay it was manly right to be godly
0: right right yeah, that's so true that's so that's such a great especially as 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 fathers in our home like we're supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the home, and you know we can't be you know, shy in that regard when we're supposed to be a leader in that regard. So it's, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. As you, you know, you had your faith and you, and you developed it as you're, you know, you're getting stronger and deeper in your faith. Did you start seeing that apply into your workplace or were you keeping that for Sundays or, 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 do, or were you living it out throughout the week?
1: No, I, I was living it out through the, throughout the week. And as you know, that's hard because sure. you, you can't have the same conversations at the water cooler and you you can't go to the same things after work. And uh, people began to say, well, you know, why are you not doing these things? So it wasn't so much that I began to preach it. It was the things I did not do anymore that created conversations. Um, and and the, the conversation back from me would sound something like, you know, I've, I found this amazing church Uh, that I'm now taking my family to, it it makes me feel great about, you know, my purpose in life. Uh, It's helping me be a better father. And just the conversation would go from there. And honestly, the the people were more intrigued than they were, you know, pushing back on me.
0: Right. Yeah. And that often happens, which is, which is great. And, you know, I, I find that sometimes we, as Christians, we tend to avoid we would consider worldly things, um, you know, that, that people are normally doing. And I almost feel like that that's actually where we should be to be the light in that situation in a sense where it's sort of like, rather than sort of distance ourselves to a degree, I think, and, and this, this was hard for me at first, but it's sort of like I needed to, I needed to be at that water cooler at those conversations because I, I wanted to be the light in those situations. I wanted to be able to say what God's done in my life, you know, and and I know that sometimes we're not able to say, you know, talk about Jesus a lot in in the workplace specifically or uh proselytize or or whatever, but I think that we are certainly able to say what he's done in our lives and and just plant seeds along the way to those folks that are, you know, that that aren't believers and and um and continue to pray for them and rather than Stray away from them or, or stay away from them. I guess I don't know. Did, did you find that they were receptive to that explanation from you?
1: They were. Uh, most of them, very much so, were. And again, you know, Christ did not go around saying, "I am Christ" all the time. He did not say, right. "I come representing." You know, um, you know what he represented. He just he was who he was. He lived through example. And uh, that's what I still to this day try to do. And 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 Christ was the greatest at telling stories and relating experiences. And I think, again, if you do that in the workplace and you leverage moments, right, you have to be vigilant and w- looking for moments. Yes. then um, they present themselves and then you take advantage of that and maximize uh, that opportunity.
0: I totally agree. And I think sometimes what happens is that we the Holy Spirit speaks to us and we are. Uh, prompted to move, we're prompted to pray for that person or say something to that person or bring a, a scripture or a word to their situation. And then we just back down because, oh, that's probably going to be uncomfortable or they're going to think I'm weird or, and, and, and so we're just sort of disobedient to, to that prompting. Uh, I think it's so important to your point. There are going to be opportunities all around us uh, that that show up that, that we can speak to, or add, uh, like elements into the situation. And we often ignore that. H- have you done that before? I, I know I have in-, in terms of, I've had this sort of feeling of I should do this. And then I- I've, I've said, no, that's going to be uncomfortable. And I've walked away. I kicked myself later, but, but have you had moments like that as well?
1: T- too many times to count. And yeah. you, you sit back and you think of, you know, Hey, you know, God presented me with this opportunity and, and I, I botched it. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't do a good enough job. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the process of being a human. And it, it should create a sense of urgency to be um, better at that next time. So but, yeah, we, we fail as humans and that's that's OK. Uh, we just pick ourselves back up and keep going.
0: Yeah. And and, and then be more aware of the, the next opportunity when you were younger. What direction did you think you wanted to go in from from a work standpoint? Did, was there a a goal in mind?
1: There was uh, when I was in college uh, back in Louisiana. I was actually a nursing major and was studying very hard. Had a four O. I was was actually in nursing clinicals and was approached by a, uh, a supervisor of mine that said, "You you really need to get into leadership, and you need to get into the business sector." And I said, "No way, not doing it. Study too hard." And then he said, "Well, Ellis, let me talk to you about the compensation." And then I said, "Okay, maybe uh, I'd be willing to listen." And uh, yeah, I, I guess through just my work ethic at the time, uh, somebody—I was blessed enough to have somebody believe in me and, and take a chance on mentoring me in the business world. And and I jumped from nursing clinicals, literally, to getting into the business sector under the tutelage of a man by the name of Brian. And um, yeah, my career took a different path.
0: Now, Did you always have that work ethic? Where did that come from?
1: It came from my grandfather and it, and it, it came from being poor, uh, to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. Yeah. I grew up from very humble means and I knew that I had to work for everything I had. And my grandfather would bring me every summer to his workshop. He was a retired military veteran and he worked to me. Uh, at a very young age and uh, would always explain to me why he was working me and, and what he hoped it would help create in me. And so I knew no difference. And so I thought I was working normal right. and I was really working more than I guess the average person at the
0: time. <laughs> right. it well, was a great example. It sounds like you had Brian as a, as a mentor in in the business side of things. And you, you took that leap of faith to, Explore that world. Where did where did you land first?
1: I landed in a uh, tuxedo business. Uh, it was the tuxedo business was after hours formal wear.
0: Yes, I've heard and, that.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah, and and it was it was, it was a, a parent company or a, or a sister company. I'm sorry to David's Bridal at the time. And I was a district manager, and I uh, had you know seven eight stores in the New Orleans area. And I had no idea what I was doing, none. (laughs) And, you know, Brian taught me the logistics, taught me the the steps to being a good DM. But what I quickly learned was that we were outperforming everyone else in the company. But it was not because of my business knowledge. It was because I was working with and getting to know my leadership team that worked for me. Mm, so and so good. early on, secret sauce to success for me, at least, was not not coaching from the ivory tower, but being in the trenches yes. with my team and getting them to believe in my vision because I was living the vision out in the stores with them, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. It's so key and it's, it's, it's overlooked so much. I think in, in my experience as well, the the desire to get to know your people is is critical as a leader because i think like I, I just think of in terms of rewarding them for example well well how do i reward you if i don't know you if i don't know what you like you know it's like giving a a walmart gift card to someone who only shops at target like 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 what do you what do you love what are your passions what are your hobbies what are your hidden talents you know, what are your favorite foods? So I can get you maybe a, I can give you a gift card to a restaurant or something that, that that's more personal. And once you make it personal, man, it's, it's amazing what that can open up. And, and it's gotta be authentic, obviously. And, and that that's going to be key. Uh, but getting to know your people and caring about your people is, is certainly a recipe for success when, when, when you're a leader. And, and, and did that come naturally to you as well? That, that sort of Caring about people, so you had the work ethic from your from your grandfather, and 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 this desire to to know people on a deeper level. Was that just in you as well?
1: I guess it was. Uh, I just love people, and and I don't mean that in a cliched phrase kind of a way, but I just yeah, I love people, and yeah, for me, getting to know them was a way for me to understand why they did what they they do. And because, you know, the business world's not always easy. And so if, you know, if I had a a young man trying to buy his first home or a young college kid trying to buy their first car, or maybe somebody that's just had a a new baby, then I was able to know what their dreams and aspirations were. So well beyond to me, how to reward them was, why are they doing this? What, what is their why? And so as we worked towards hard things, I could say, Hey, Scott, you know, the, the reason I want to try this and the reason I think it may be better is because I think it's going to increase the customer experience. But, oh, by the way, you're, you're trying to buy that new house. I think this is a way for you to really earn quicker so that you can get that home for your family. And when you coach in terms of what's in it for them personally, not what's in it for you or the right. company, then, man, the, the buy-in is it's genuine. And right. that's what you want.
0: Absolutely. That is, that's such a good point. You know, I, and I think being able to create that environment where, where there is an openness and a, an allowance, I guess, to be vulnerable. You know, I have, um, folks that I lead that, uh, you know, they have called me about having a miscarriage that they've, they've reached out to me because they're going through a messy divorce or, um, there's a restraining order and they need to flee their home with their kids and move out of state quickly or, There was a suicide attempt that they did and, and they wanted to talk to me about that. And there are moments like that where, you know, not, not that I love the circumstances, but I love the vulnerability and the openness and the trust where they can tell me those things. And then I can speak a word into that situation. I can pray for them in that situation that's the first thing I did when when the young lady told me that she committed suicide over the weekend or tried to commit suicide over the weekend my first thing was can I pray for you can we pray together and she said absolutely because everyone knows I'm a Christian in my workplace everyone knows that that's my foundation of of you know what I build from a leader standpoint have you had that situation as well where you've had moments of of being able to either witness to someone or pray for someone or you know that's going through a, a difficult time
1: I have. It's it's it, it's been such a humbling experience. Uh, I had a a young Jewish family um, out of Pittsburgh uh, that I, you know it's part of my territory that called me and she said, "Hey, you know, you you wrote a recommendation for an adoption of a child and we didn't get that child that we thought we were going to get." And and I'm she's crying and she's I just want to talk about it. And so I, I took the opportunity that felt like a devastating moment. And I said, "Look, I, I know our faiths are a little different." But, you know, God's got a bigger plan for us. And so that child became a blessing for someone else. And then, you know, and, and I went into how he prepares us for other things. And, um, you know, I've had many experiences. And, and by the way, things plan, play out well for both of them. The, the family has two children now. And, um, you know, I've, I've had awesome. young men come into my office even recently and say, you know, Ellis, I've never had a dad and and, and I'm in and out of jail um, trying to get on my feet. And, and I just found out I'm going to be a dad and I see pictures of your kids in your office, you know, how do I do that? And, and, and to me in those moments, it is, it's um, to me, it's, it's Christ using us as a channel to make an impact in the life of somebody else. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's an honor to have those conversations. They're tough, but, but what an opportunity because at the end of the day when I retire you know, people don't remember my numbers. They're not going to remember how much I made. Right. Um, they're going to remember the, the impact I made in their lives, right? And so, to yes. me, the, that's the the rewarding part of being in a leadership role, right? Is is having these these chances.
0: Absolutely agree. I love that, and and I love your boldness and your obedience to 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 do those sort of things. Um, so when you went from the tuxedo place where what was the the next step for you in your career
1: yeah so um uh got recruited t-mobile got um i'm sorry yeah they got bought out or we i thought they were getting bought out um and so i had an opportunity to leave after hours uh Formalware and go to t-mobile and what a what a great and wonderful company and a great experience uh in a lateral position but with a broader scope of stores right okay. so a better growing experience for me and uh, I spent five years uh, as a DM district manager with them uh, in a much larger organization where I was able to get a, a lot more leadership training on a broader scale that r- really helped my career.
0: Now, when you were going from after hours to T-Mobile, was it just that there was an opportunity presented and so you're like, yeah, that sounds good? Or were, were, were you, did you prey on it um, not that you have to. It's just uh, was that something that part of the routine for you as you were looking for other opportunities.
1: Yeah, I, for me, I have I have to. I mean, it, that is a have to for me because I yeah. uh, spend more. I mean, like yourself, I spend more time at work than anywhere else. And yeah, I, I did. I prayed a lot about it. I, I said I was seeking counsel from Brian and other mentors I had at the time, and um, we knew that uh, the acquisition from After Hours Formalware was going to be one where. Uh, you know, a lot of us might, uh, have to shift or relocate. And, um, that paid, played a big part in me even entertaining the thought, but yes, I mean, you you cannot say you're a believer in my opinion and only ask when it's, when you feel like you, yeah. you get the answers you want. You know?
0: Absolutely. Now, was that a, a, a very different, I mean, obviously you're going from after hours from aware to T-Mobile, very different business sectors. Was that, was that hard to wrap your head around? Or was that just, here's a new adventure? Let's, let's see what it has in store for me.
1: So, so I want to be a winner. And to me, sometimes being a winner means I know everything and we all know that's impossible. And so right. I was very young still in my career. And if, if you asked me how much I knew about wireless, the answer was zero. Right. <laughs> so I went in with the newest employee knowing more than me And that was very humbling, but, but great for me, great for my career, you know, great for me to learn and work through that.
0: And it seems like you have this desire to learn a new industry or what, like that, that, that's not something that, that you fear.
1: Not at all, because I have confidence I can learn anything. Um, You know, I, to to me, it's, it's it goes back to people. I, I knew I was, you know, good with people. I knew I could build good teams. And when I went to T-Mobile, I I spent time with frontline employees, the customer facing people. That's that's where I started my training uh, per my request. And so, yeah, I mean, as far as aptitude, I have that. I just didn't have that aptitude yet.
0: Right. Um, You spoke of the why of the employees that you lead and understanding their why. Do you have your own why? And if so, what is that for you?
1: In in the business world, my why is to impact the lives of others and to grow others. And you know, to this day, I I got a message on LinkedIn a few weeks ago from a young man named David out of South Carolina. They said, "Hey, you know, you spent so much time in in my Greenville, South Carolina store, and I finally got the job I wanted. I know it took me three years longer than I wanted to, but I want to thank you for every little moment in the corner of the store that we talked and." That is my why, uh, and if you just you know, the more I get those kind of things, uh, or you know the, the the young lady in Pittsburgh posting pictures of her children that are thriving and doing well, um, that is my why, and, yes. and you know, the foundational why for me is my own. I have four kids as well, and so as as they're young adults, and you know I'll be a grandfather in two mo- uh, two weeks from now. Uh, that's oh, a new journey. Congratulations! Yes, so it is. My why, my. Why. Yeah. So my why's begin, they they change, right? Um, But it's always centered around people.
0: Yeah. I feel like our our why's are very similar. For me, uh, mine is to help people feel heard, inspired, respected, and valued so that they can best serve others. And I just feel like that's the thing, right pouring into your employees so that they then pour into the clients or whatever that may be. I just feel like that is that's critical again, sort of tying into knowing them first and foremost um, and being able to pour into them uh, in a way where because ultimately we all want to belong and, and and we all have a story. We all have difficult times and adversities in our lives, so people don't always feel like they're seen or heard in the workplace. And it's so critical to do that. And I get that sense a hundred percent from you as well. So when you went from T-Mobile, you were there for how long?
1: I was there five years. Okay. And uh, this guy, Brian, uh, reached back out to me and he said, Hey, I'm with this, you know, this new company. Um, they're, they've got this new concept that they're going after. Uh, you have a lot of experience in retail and the business sector, uh, come up to Boston. Let's see if you want to be a part of this team. And, and I did. Uh, and I loved the idea and he was a mentor of mine. I trusted him and, uh, went to work for a company named DXL. Okay. And it's, it's a men's large, uh, clothing store. And, uh, we began to build out these concept stores, uh, these great beautiful stores for the big and tall man to shop in. And, um, uh, you know, started that journey and, and was with those guys for a little over eight years.
0: Now was that when it was first coming out? That was it was sort of the concept of it, and then and then you were part of the beginning of that, or did you join after it had been established?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, the the company was called Casual Male XL before, and they were little, you know, twenty eight hundred, three thousand square foot stores, very limited selection of uh, clothing for men, and uh, they had just come up with the DXL concept, which was a five to eight thousand square foot store expanded a selection of, of clothing, but they only had three of those stores open in the, in the nation. And they were looking to you know build about a hundred plus, but they didn't have the infrastructure of a leadership team to get out there and do that. So I was, right. I was a part of that.
0: And how, how many, how many was, were you in that role? Were you in a regional position as well? Or were, were you uh, above that at that point?
1: So, so I came in as a regional manager and after about a year and a half, was promoted to a VP position uh, in that company, and oversaw about twenty two, twenty three percent of the country in that okay. VP role.
0: And prior to taking that on, of course, more prayer time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you have a short guy going into a big guy's uh, store, and ag- again, I had uh, I had no real experience. In apparel, uh, other than the formal wear side of things, which was very, very different experience. So lots of prayer, uh, lots of talking to people, mentors I trusted outside of DXL and yeah, I really felt it was a great opportunity to to expand myself and and took it.
0: You remind me a lot of you know, the people in the Bible where God will speak a word over them or, or tell them, you know, you are this and they're like, hold on, wait, I, I don't know anything about that. Like, like Moses, like, I, I can't speak. I don't know what, what to do. I can't do this. And, and it's kind of like where you are given these opportunities that, you know, nothing really about in, in the sense of that specific industry, obviously, you know, leadership. And so that's transferable, but there are these opportunities that come along that it's brand new and you're like, okay, but for you, you're not saying, you know no i can't do that you're saying let's do it let's try it it's just another adventure
1: it it really is and i'm i'm of the mindset that comfort you know uh, can weaken us um, mentally spiritually physically and if i'm able to to keep that sharp then i'm always going to be humble or try yeah i should be and i'm always going to be learning and reading something new and asking better questions and um yeah I mean the, the leadership side building teams it doesn't matter where you're at it's right but but the, the the learning something new excites me and and keeps me young even though I'm not young
0: so you you go to this new adventure with DXL and you're there for a while um and then I think from there you transition over to black tie moving is that correct what what drew yeah, you to the moving but, sector
1: It's it's crazy how God works because towards the the very end of my DXL journey, and this was right before COVID hit, I was I was I just gone through a divorce, uh, which was the worst thing in my life ever ever ever, Mm -hmm. and never thought I'd be there. And I was praying for God. I said, I I need to be off the road because I was thirty eight to forty two weeks a year on the road with this position. Okay, Um, I need to be there for my children. Uh, I need to be there to start my life anew. And, you know, p- you know, please help me to find a way to do that and still provide for my family. And you really have to be careful what you ask because you're going to get that sometimes. Yeah, and, very true. and COVID hit and they restructured the organization and they eliminated a lot of positions like many great companies do. And uh, it gave me an opportunity to, to find something locally. And I prayed, prayed, prayed. I mean, that's probably the most humbling experience of my life was the six weeks where I was looking for something, my new adventure. And this guy by the name of Dustin Black reached out to me and I don't know where he found my information from. I certainly had never been in the moving industry. And he said, Hey, you you need to come meet me in Nashville. Can you do it tomorrow? 8 a.m., and I want you to meet with my executive board. We have a VP of sales position open, and I'd really like to chat with you about it. And, and I knew nothing about any of these gentlemen or this, any moving company. Right. So I did. I showed up, and man, I, I, I just loved the group. It was a family run business. And, you know, doing some business analysis and kind of looking around the business, I, I said, you know, I really feel like, i can make an impact and and i really got excited about learning this industry and um, he made me an offer the, the next day and yeah so i you know reset again learn something brand new and on top of it build a an infrastructure because the company was growing so fast i built an infrastructure that could keep up with the growth of the company and it has been a wonderful 3 years so far just of digging in and you know building new relationships and connecting with people in nashville and the, and whether it be in the celebrity side of the world or the mortgage side of the world that has really given me an opportunity to to continue to spread the word and and hopefully set a great example for those that work with me
0: well I have been um, blessed in my former career to have moved around quite a bit I consider it a blessing because i I, I love the experience of exploring a new city and taking it, you know, everything it's got, uh, taking it in. And, you know, I typically I've, I've been moved. My company has moved me to different locations, which has been great. So I've lived all over in Maryland and Virginia and Michigan, Cleveland area. I lived in Canada for six years. And then from there, I actually moved to Orlando, Florida, where I am now. And I came down here to Orlando to help plan a church campus. And Uh, leaving my former industry behind in a sense, though I thought, okay, I'm moving to Orlando. Uh, The event world has got to be pretty big down here. There's events going on all the time. I'm sure I'll find something quickly after I've been doing this for 29 years, should be easy. And I came down here and it was a struggle. Like I was trying to figure out, like I'm putting in resume after resume after and not getting bites. And I'm like, what is happening? What was interesting, and that was the beginning, that was like 2019, And I was trying to get back into sports and entertainment, which I had always been in. And because I knew it, it was familiar. Unlike you, you just go to things that are completely unfamiliar. But for me, I had done that for so long. And I was like, yeah, I just want to stay in that because I know it. And, and then COVID hit early 2020 and that entire industry shut down there. No one's playing sports. No one was going to concerts that it was just done. And, um, and all along i could see now like afterward where god was sort of protecting me from from that because had i gotten any of those jobs i applied for i'd be out of them you know within a couple months and and i ended up going into healthcare where my where my wife started out working down here as well and so it's a completely different field for me like you i knew nothing about it but it was exciting in a sense to kind of get to 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 know a new industry but it was also those skills, those leadership skills that are transferable. So for me, it was the same thing, get to know your people, you know, get down in the trenches, you know, be authentic, be all of these things that really created this bond of my team. But that was the first thing I wanted to do when I came in as a supervisor in the company, I said, do I have the autonomy to create the culture of my team? And they said, yes, absolutely. Perfect. And, and that was all focused on uh, first of all, a Christ foundation, but uh, also on creating the best patient experience possible, uh, and and that's been such a blessing for me. And there have been moments after moments of just being able to either speak into a patient's life or uh, or one of my employees in the in the moving world. For you, have there been moments of of faith in in in, in talking to people that are moving or uh, have you had moments where you've been able to kind of talk about your faith in those situations?
1: Yeah, I mean, with the internal and external customer, I mean, there there's so many young men that are uh, blue collar, you know, rolling their sleeves up, want to build a career, don't know what they really want to do in life yet, they come to work for us. And, you know, they become fathers, they become husbands. And, um, you know, they come with their own struggles. And I think, First of all, if you if you want a great client experience, you have to great, have a great employee experience. And we all say that companies put it on walls, it's so um, true. but you don't see a lot of people putting their arms around people and talking to them in the lot or sitting down in the office and talking about something outside of work, just life, and looking for opportunities to give advice or to, to just show a good example. Um, you know, I'll go outside and 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 throw football with the guys for a few minutes before a busy day, or I'll go lift a few weights with them in our little gym area but it, it but I do those things to create opportunities that make them feel safe to talk to me and to build a relationship with me uh so that's the internal customer and you know you think about moving and you think about how you and I've moved and been been relocated in our careers right it's all been professional driven Right, we've got good family seamless process but there are people move for different reasons i mean people move because uh, they've been a victim, or they, they move because of a bad divorce or because of a death. There, there are not always the greatest experiences that create moving needs. And boy, do they ever need somebody then? And so when those opportunities open up, um, or a soldier coming home, right? There, there's just so many. Wow. That yeah. you can be that example, and you can listen and you can talk and say, Hey, you know, uh, let me help you with this. Um, here's my insight. And you use those open doors to walk through them, then then I think you do what what Christ did when He came to Earth, and that is serve people. Right? He didn't yeah. serve communities. He didn't serve certain segments or professional, you know, segments. Right. Of the the, the uh, he served people, and so that it, it doesn't really matter what business you're in. You're going to find those opportunities, and, and if you're looking or you want to find them.
0: Are there moments that you recall that stand out to you where you? that were pretty impactful for you?
1: Yeah. So, yes. I had a young guy in my office a few weeks ago that sat down and said, you know, Ellis, um, I've been an addict for years. Um, and things have been stressful f- for me. I've, you know, I've been thrown out of my apartment again and I want to go back to using and, uh, I'm gonna be a dad soon. And I, you know, would you mind talking to me? And this guy does not work directly for me. He's just a guy I've tossed ball with that I've seen, mm-hmm. and I sat down with my in my office with him and, uh, you know half an hour um and just talked to him about the importance of you know who God is, the Father he is to us, and the father he wants him to be to his child that's coming and yes and and I said, use an example such as you know kids they become what they see, not what they hear, not what you preach to them. And uh, I see it in you and, and I know what you're capable of because I know the good version. I don't know what the, the person you're talking about that used to exist. And so just making sure that they know you love them, you have confidence in them, you're here for them. Um, you know, that, that that's, that was the most recent one. And, and he's come back since many times over and, you know, Hey, you know, you're a great guy and really appreciate nobody's ever talked to me like that. Never had a dad to sit down and share those things with me. Um, yeah, I mean, Scott, those things pop up more often than I would probably like them for them to pop up. Yeah,
0: right, right.
1: A lot of out there in the world.
0: Well, I'm glad that you, uh, you've got the heart to be able to speak into those situations and you've got your faith to be able to back that up and, and, uh, pour into them. You had mentioned, uh, having gone through a divorce and I had, I've gone through one as well. And I, I know how dark that time can be. What was your faith like at that time?
1: I needed it more than ever. I mean, I, I was going to church by myself and uh, well with my kids, but with without my spouse. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I clung to Sundays, I clung to any event I could go to. Um, you know, my, my prayers were important to me. And it's, it's where I felt like my father in heaven was putting his arms around me and holding my hand and family would say, you're not talking to us. And I said, well, I'm talking to the, other, I'm talking to somebody else right now. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they knew what I meant and, um, that I loved my family, of course, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, it is what got me through that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And actually what's interesting is when I went through mine, I was not a Christian at the time. So the weight of that I carried alone, um, as opposed to being able to share that burden with, with Jesus and and uh, kind of lean on on that. I I don't know how people do it. I don't know how I did it looking back. Um, but that's the thing that's so great is being able to, you know, for you to be able to speak into these other people's lives and, and having that experience of knowing what God can do. And if he did it for me, he could do it for you. And that sort of mindset is so important as an encouragement for other people. Um, and I, I would think that you know you encounter so many different people, or your the team that you lead would encounter so many different people that if you pour that into them, th- then that's just the culture, and, and and then they can kind of help others as well. Not necessarily even identifying as a Christian, but a, a foundation of Christ like characteristics, kindness, compassion, empathy, all of those things that they can pour into the clients that you serve. It sounds like that's sort of how you lead in terms of being able to equip them in in those characteristics.
1: It, it is. And, and when I recruit, I recruit people who love people. And we can build skills around that. And if, if you recruit people who love and care about people, and you create the right culture around systems and processes uh, and accountability, then to your point, everything else takes care of itself. And the client feels a world-class feeling or experience they're not sure why they feel that but it's it's through what you and I are
0: talking about absolutely and and it is black tie moving there is a, a connotation of an elevated level of service
1: it is it's a luxury moving experience but uh, it should also be a luxury feeling experience and a luxury understanding experience and empathy and so we do bring that to the table uh, but again, it starts with our executive team. And it's not just me. It's, it's, it's our CEO, Jonathan. It's our CFO, Byron. I mean, we, we all bring that, that thought process to the table.
0: And, and I think I saw you, I think there was a picture of Clay Walker, I think, that had been moved by your company. And the sense I get from you is that it doesn't really matter whether you're a celebrity or not, you're going to get the same treatment. It's going to be still white glove service.
1: I'm, I'm going to treat you as if your family and that's whether you're Walker Hayes or whether you're Joe Blow down the road. Right. It, it doesn't matter to me because if I'm if I'm going to take care of you and take care of your home, which is your most prized and most uh, it's 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 your safe haven. Right. It's your safe place for your family. And if we're going to take care of that for you, uh, I'm going to take care of it as if I were booking a move for my own family. And trusting the people and the processes, yeah, it, it t- titles and positions, that, that doesn't as much matter to me as it, it, the experience itself.
0: You talked about family. Are, are your family following in your footsteps in terms of their faith?
1: They are. And it's such a blessing. Uh, I have a son that's just got out of the military, who's my oldest. I've got uh, three others that, that still live close to me. And, and they are. They're, they're, they're believers in Christ. They're they're good young adults. Uh, one's about to be a mother, my oldest daughter, and uh, it's it, I couldn't find her Saturday morning, and it's because she was doing Bible study in a small group. And I said, if I can't find you, that's a great place to be. And <laughs> right. I, I, said, I said, Mallory, I said, you're doing what you're doing will create the foundation of who your your son Kobe when he's born becomes, because he's gonna watch what mom does, right? What dad does, and so you know this. So the greatest blessing a father can have is that his children follow Christ, and um, when they do that, again, that goes back to what what is your why, and and that that ties to that.
0: And you had mentioned that you're very passionate about training and developing people, and there's a reward in that, of course, as you see them grow and develop. You know, for me, my team, I'm always like. You know, I don't want to lose any of you. I never want you to go anywhere, but I would fail as a leader if I did that. It's selfish. Uh, I need to help you go, get to where you want to go. And as that that passion's always been, it sounds like it's always been in you from the beginning to help train and develop people, whether it doesn't matter what industry you're in.
1: I, I love teaching and I, I love the ability to recognize something that's going well, but I have A desire—I don't know what it is in me that just says we can always do it a little better. Not I, but we can do this better. And here's how it benefits you and our customer. And uh, yeah, the reward, the 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 benefit to that is you know better income, uh, which allows you know a a guy that works for me to uh, buy his first house soon for him and his new child and his wife. Um, There's some added benefits to it, but the teaching side of things is, yeah, it's it's amazing. And I hope they do go do bigger and better things. I mean, who am I to say stay put when I've done anything but stay put, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very true. and And I think that's also one of the great things about your history is that when people are concerned, if, you know, this is a move that I might make, but I don't really know this industry. You're, you're, you've got the experience of saying that, that doesn't matter. Take your essential skills and they're transferable and, and learn something new. Be a sponge. Learn the learn the new industry.
1: Yeah. If you're going to learn business, learn business. And you're, the business is that we are in the business of people. And that's business, the business of people. And I think the biggest mistake that companies make is saying, well, if you know we only want somebody with infinite experience in one segment of whatever segment that business is currently in and that is just a um, in my opinion that is just a big mistake you want you want diverse experience and you want diverse thought processes that bring um, yeah bring new new ideas to the
0: table well Ellis I am so excited we had a chance to have a conversation today because I love your heart first and foremost I love your passion for people. I love your thirst for learning new things and continuing to grow and develop yourself and how you love to develop and grow other people as well. I'm excited to see what's next for you. You know, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm I'm excited to just kind of watch it unfold. And uh, I'm really excited that we had a chance to, to talk today. And I am really grateful for your time. And I wish you and, and Black Tie Moving all the best.
1: Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate the chance to share my faith and and how that ties to family and business. And I hope that this helps somebody and uh, really appreciate you reaching out to me and giving me a chance to share that.